Pastor Ray Bentley has insight on the pathway to a more effective prayer life. Start with our Father who art in heaven. If you want prayer that will change everything, you need to connect relationally with God. We're to call Him Father. Don't just come in with a blizzard of all your stuff and things that you need, but come and talk to me. You can call Him Abba, Daddy. Spread the news of His people coming down before the King. Lift your voice, Jesus is coming, join the song. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's own return, the whole gospel to the whole world. We live in a consumer culture. We can just reach for our phones and have almost anything shipped to us overnight. No wonder it's a challenge to bring our petitions to God in reverence and humility and have patience and trust in the outcome. Today, Pastor Ray helps us with that challenge. Let's listen as he begins. If you have a Bible, let's open it to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, and we're going to talk about prayer. This is right after Jesus comes on Palm Sunday. Verse 10 says, And when he, Jesus, had come to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, Yeshua the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. So again, Galilee is, uh, you know, up in the north of Israel, the little fishing villages, Bethsaida, Capernaum, etc. there. Jesus' headquarters was up there. Most of his miracles were done in the north of Israel. But three times a year, you had to come to Jerusalem to celebrate their seven feasts that are talked about in Leviticus 23. Well, if you lived all the way to the north, you know, coming back and forth seven times, that doesn't work. So some of the feasts are grouped together. Passover is one of them because you have the last three feasts. Passover, Yom Kippur, Feast of Tabernacles are in a two-week window. So you could travel and spend two weeks there and fulfill the last three feasts. That's where we are now. Jesus has come for Passover. He's come with his disciples. And as we mentioned, it was Palm Sunday or Lamb Selection Day. It's the day when everybody had to pick their lamb for the upcoming Passover that would be coming on Friday. And that's the day that they would select the lambs. That's the day Jesus rode from the top of the Mount of Olives down the Kidron Valley and up into the Temple Mount. So the the crowds would swell to four to five times their normal size on that day. Everybody is talking about Jesus. And um, when Jesus now comes, he comes directly to the temple. The the whole way that he went from Palm Sunday and the Mount of Olives was to go through the Eastern Gate and to the Temple Mount. And as I note here, the most important purpose of the temple of God is prayer. From the very first dramatic demonstrations of Jesus' miraculous working power, The crowd got excited and wanted to take him by force and make him king. And you have to understand that, I mean, when Jesus started doing miracles, nobody had ever done any miracles like he did. Not only the different kinds of miracles, but the power of the miracles, uh, the demonstration of the miracles. It was literally, wherever Jesus went, was like heaven on earth. 
If you're blind, boom, your eyes are going to pop open. You're going to be able to see. If you're deaf, deafness is going to flee from you. You're going to be able to miraculously hear. If you're lame, you're going to be able to walk. If you're infested with demons, the demons start manifesting, screaming, crying out, we know who you are. You're the most high son of God. If you come to torment us before the time, and he would cast them out. And even several times, the dead <laughs> were raised. Woo, man, that's power. And in their minds, the hope of the coming Messiah is a king like David. So the people are very excited because right now, Israel is under the heel of the Roman Empire. Even in the Temple Mount, the Romans have a garrison called the Antonio Fortress, and they had armed Roman soldiers watching over them to make sure that they didn't do anything rebellious, or they just controlled them with an iron fist. So the Jewish people could not wait for the Messiah King to come and to lift the Roman boot off their back or off their neck. And now they see Jesus for three years, the supernatural power this guy has. Can you imagine when he turns that power on the Roman army and overthrows them and brings the kingdom? But what's interesting is if Jesus had been the military Messiah that people wanted at that time, he would have brought an army to attack the Roman garrison. But instead, Jesus comes to the temple and he comes to the heart of Israel alone, except for a few disciples. He comes weaponless, let alone as he doesn't have an army, he has no weapons. So I want to make this point. The main issue for Jesus when he came was not Rome's army. When Jesus came to the temple, the first thing on his mind was not the, the politics on the ground. What was first and foremost on the mind and the heart of Jesus, the Messiah, was God's temple. And he came looking for something at the temple. And when he came looking at the temple, he did not see it. What was he looking for? He was looking for prayer. And instead, he found merchandise and trade. So beginning in verse 12, look what we, here's what we see. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all of those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Wow. I love this. I mean, can you imagine Jesus? Maybe you've seen it in the films a little bit. I don't think any film has ever really done justice to what Jesus did when he came to the temple. And what they had in the Temple Mount area was, so you had to use, because Israel was under Rome, you had to use Roman coins. And Roman coins had the face of Caesar on it. Remember when they came and asked Jesus, hey, should we pay taxes or not, trying to trap him? And he said, well, give me a coin. So they gave him a coin. He goes, whose face is on it? They said, well, Caesar. And he goes, well, if Caesar put his face on it, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, but give to God the things that are God's. I love that because he said, well, the, whose coin is it? Well, he put his own face on it, must be his. Give it back to him. But where you see God put his face on us, we're made in his image. Therefore, give yourselves to God. That's what Jesus is really saying. Yes, if you want to clap, you can go ahead. I mean, go for it. Yeah, hallelujah. We're made in the image of God. We should be giving him glory. But on this day, I mean, the disciples, this, this was radical. 
And by the way, this is the second time Jesus has done this. Apparently, the very first year that Jesus came to the temple, he came and he threw the money changers' tables over because they had this exchange going. The priests had set up kind of a system where they said, look, if you want to come here and worship God, you cannot use the Roman coins. That's pagan. They're idols. So we have Jewish money. You have to exchange your Roman money, your pagan money, for the Jewish money. And then guess what? They added a little fee for themselves, maybe not so little. And they made money. Can you imagine several million Jewish people and everybody has to use the, the Hebrew money and they have the Roman money and so they have to exchange it and they make money. And then on the sacrifices, they would say, oh, you know, your animal, they would find a blemish or whatever. But they said, but we have our own uh, animals that were raised by our priests and they're accepted right away. And then they would charge them more money. So the whole thing was about, you know, it was about exchanging money. They were making a lot of money and nobody was really praying. So Jesus gets there and he, he stirred up. And now this is the second time he's done it. And he comes up to a, a table that's got money and exchange and a long line and he flips that thing on its head. Coins go flying, there's animals there, doves go whoop, 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 you know, and they're flying away. It's crazy. And then, not only does it to one table and the disciples are like, oh, oh, you know, what do you do when your leader kind of is going crazy and he's kind of angry, and, but nobody messed with him. By the way, nobody stopped Jesus that day. The same people that will arrest him and bring him to Pilate and have him crucified are there, and they say nothing on this day. On this day, Jesus just does what he wants, and he uses his power and authority, and he makes sure, and he'll go to another table, and the next guy that's trying to, you know, get away and do his own thing, Jesus come to his table, and pretty soon, Jesus, his fiery eyes are making sure there's not one exchange of money going on. You've made this a house of merchandise, and my Father's house is to be a house of prayer. Nobody is praying, and nobody is talking to the Father, and what are you guys doing? I'm not so much first angry at Rome and politics. What about my own house and my own people? Can I hear an amen? You see what I'm saying with this? God is looking to his own house. But how many of you have family, friends, neighbors, coworkers? They don't go to church. And the reason they don't go to church is because they've seen the merchandising, maybe of religion, and they go, man, it's just so not right. There's probably a lot of us. Jesus had the same anger and the same problem with that. And he literally brought, if I could put it this way, he brought an earthquake that day to the Temple Mount before thousands of worshipers, bewildered merchants, priests, and peasants. Jesus made sure that day was an earthquake in the house of God and declared shame on all those present. It was like an earthquake. God literally, he used earthquakes, but here's the cool thing. If you are a believer, you can get filled with the Holy Spirit during an earthquake. <laughs> That's the scripture right there. But you know what? Jesus said one of the signs of the times that he's coming back will be earthquakes. He says, I'm going to shake everything that can be shaken. Now, God can use literal, physical earthquakes, and I think there's a lot more things that are gonna be unfolding. I'm very excited about what's coming in the near future, but signs of his coming. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. Since Pastor Ray went to heaven, so many listeners have shared comments on what his teaching means to them. 
I met Pastor Ray when I was really young. Looking back, I realized he was pretty young too. I remember him praying for me as I was going through a challenging time. His kindness and great faith encouraged me. I can hardly think of another person who packed as much life into so relatively few years. I look forward to seeing him again one day. Although he's gone home, his teachings continue here on the radio thanks to the support from listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries and Maranatha Radio, just go to our website at www.raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Jesus, so when he went to the temple, he cast out, he overthrew, he cleaned house. And I believe that's what he wants to do with his temple. Now, what's interesting is that the New Testament says that there's another temple, and the new temple is made of living stones. The living stones are believers. It's literally you and I. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Let's read this out loud. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have from God, and you are not your own. For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So I believe that God is sending earthquakes of a variety of kinds, shaking us up. And he wants to cleanse his temple. Do you hear what I'm saying? Then it was the physical temple made of stone. Now it's a temple made of men and women who, who are filled with the Holy Spirit. And he, he's looking for prayer. He's looking for prayer in our hearts and in our lives. And if it isn't there, if our hearts aren't right, hear what I am saying to you. God is going to send an earthquake in your life, an earthquake in your career, an earthquake in your relationships, an earthquake in your marriage, an earthquake in your health, whatever it takes, God's going to take you and shake you for your own good to wake us up and to recognize that we need to look up and connect with Him. So since Jesus said, my, my house shall be called a house of prayer, And by the way, I believe that he was saying that in fulfillment of a prophecy about himself. This is my house, and I want it to be a house of prayer. I want you to write this down. The heart of prayer. What is prayer? The heart of prayer is connecting with God relationally. You and I need to connect with God relationally, not just religiously, and not just in some kind of outward form, uh, but in relationship. So the disciples saw Jesus and they notice every day in the morning, even before they woke up, he's already gone. Where is he? They, ever, they all knew. He's out praying. He's talking to his father. And he would come back energized, filled up, over, just can't wait for the day. He goes, man, talk to my father today. Got some pretty exciting stuff going to happen today. Wait till you see it, guys. And then he would go out, boom. And all of this stuff would start flying. Finally, the disciples started getting and connecting his prayer time to the supernatural power And they said, hey, could you teach us to pray like you? Because we pray, we don't get the same results. (laughs) Teach us to pray. So then Jesus said, okay, I'm going to let you in on the secret. You're my disciples. And he said, pray after this manner. Notice he did not say, pray this prayer. 
Now, there's nothing wrong with actually praying the Lord's Prayer as it is, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you can pray through the prayer in less than 30 seconds. But Jesus did not literally, and there's nothing wrong with praying it that way, but Jesus didn't say, pray this prayer, exactly just this. He said, after this manner, pray. That's a little difference. What what does it mean to pray after this manner? I believe that what Jesus was saying is, I'm giving you kind of the bullet point outlines of how to really pray and connect with the supernatural. So you start with our Father who art in heaven. Everybody say, Father. Father. Our Father who art in heaven. If you want prayer that will change everything, you need to connect relationally with God. And by the way, uh, we're, we're to call him Father. We're to reach out to him as Father. Now, I love, you know, I love the fact that here just recently, I've got all my, my grandkids, Noah, Bentley, and Isaac, and now Daniel and Jill have come, and so there's Benjamin, Quinn, and Andrew, and Hattie. I got seven grandkids. I am so blessed, I'm telling you what. They're the best. It's so awesome to have them there, even though I wasn't feeling that great, just to know they're laughing and running around, splashing around in the pool, and just having a great time. And then also, but it was kind of, what's cool for me is like the two littlest ones. So the littlest ones are Andrew, he's eight, and Hattie, she's six. And so they're, they're so little, and they, you know, like Andrew just comes up and he's got this, he's big eyes and smile, and he stands real close, and he looks all the way up, and he goes, hi, Papa, <laughs> like that. You know, just, oh, it just melts your heart. And, you know, I just love to hug him and pick him up and how you doing, Andrew? And so then waiting right behind him is the littlest one, the little blonde tornado known as Hattie. She's six years old. And she comes up with this big beaming smile and she goes, hi, Papa. And I just pick her up. She goes, how are you? I'm going, what are you asking about me? I go, wow, Hattie, you are, you are amazing. Hattie, whatever you want, up to half my kingdom, whatever. (laughs) What do you want, Hattie? And you know, Hattie already knows what she wants. She wants my iPhone. (laughs) She's too little to have one, but she knows Papa has one, and they will let her play games on Papa's phone. But I make the rule she's got to sit by me. So anyway, but you know what? Relationally, once you connect relationally, that, that's the heart of God. He goes, man, don't, don't just come in with a blizzard of all your, you know, stuff and things that you need, but come and talk to me. And so we've come up, I did a message, uh, I don't know, a few weeks ago, and, and we, we called it, it's kind of like a, a new motto, pray first. Uh, look, when you start the day, let the first thing in your mind be, dear father, and even, you know, Abba, daddy. How are you doing today, Dad? I love you, Dad. And I am really glad just waking up with all the mess that's in the world to realize the God of the whole universe is my dad and thinks I'm so cool and loves me and gave his son for me. Whoo, I got it. No matter what is coming today, I got it made. Do you know how much that means to Dad, your dad in heaven? You think, man, son, oh, you acknowledge me. You're, you're looking at me. You're talking to me. Ask whatever you want. I'm going to give it to you. That's exactly what he said. Uh, Do you know that we are a praying church? This church was birthed out of prayer, 
many years ago when, you know, I'd been in North Park, a church called Horizon down there, quite a distance from here, and God was speaking to me and saying, I want you to go north. From North Park Theater going up here north, it was like Orange County. It just seemed like forever north. And God said, I want you to start a brand new church, and I want you to feed my sheep, and I want you to call it Maranatha. Maranatha means, O Lord, come, or it means, Lord, we know you are coming soon. I want you to name your church Maranatha because I want to use you and I want to use this church to bring a message to wake up the bride and the body because we are living in the days and the time in which the kingdom of God is going to come from heaven to the earth. He is coming, and he is coming soon. We need to be awake and ready for it. Can I hear an amen on that? I'm telling you. And God is, you know, as I'm praying about, I'm praying for you, I'm praying for our church, praying for the future. We got a lot of big plans, we got stuff where um, a lot's happening between here and here, should the Lord tarry. I believe that we have not seen anything yet. God's gonna literally, he's gonna shake the church, he's gonna shake the United States of America, he's gonna shake Europe, he's gonna shake the Middle East, he's gonna shake Africa and Asia and Australia and New Zealand, he's gonna shake this world like we've never been shaken. But we who know who's the author behind it will be like those in the early church, when the ground shakes beneath our feet, we will be filled with the Holy Spirit and a great harvest is gonna come. A great harvest is gonna come. So. I wanted to just say this. Look, our world, I believe, is in trouble. Something is up. What should we do? We should pray. And uh, so Romans chapter 8, verse 15. Uh, let's, let's read this out loud. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, which is in English, Daddy, Father. I want to say this to you, and I know that this is true of some of you that are listening. Listen to what I am about to say. If you are serving God out of fear as a slave, you have the wrong picture of God. And your view of God will determine your relationship with God. Nobody should serve God out of fear. We are his sons, we are his daughters, we are in intimate, close relationship with him. That's what he says. You have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, to the opposite, you have God's spirit. You've been adopted as his own children. You can call him Abba, Father or Daddy. So our Father who art in heaven. And the second phrase Jesus used is, hallowed be thy name. So I'm going to say, bigger than just saying, well, hallowed be thy name, prayer is to worship his name. That's what hallowed be thy name means. It means to worship the name of the Lord. And then he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I want you to know this, pray for his plan to unfold. Important insight on prayer today from Pastor Ray Bentley's study of the Lord's Prayer. Glad you're joining us today here on Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled, A House of Prayer. 
If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at RayBentley.com. That's RayBentley.com. There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a written tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge, and also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. So why not bookmark it, raybentley.com. And you'll find Pastor Ray's books, including his brand new one, The Final Witness and The Cyrus Mandate, both page-turning prophetic fiction novels in the Elijah Chronicles series. You'll see End Times Prophecy in a whole new light. And RayBentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Matthew. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.